time. Amen. Let's help him preach tonight. Let's give Brother Phillips a good Bendale welcome. This pulpit tonight. Appreciate you, brother. God bless you. Well, let's praise him together. Come on, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name, magnify and lift him up. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them welcome to the party. Hallelujah. It's Sunday night, and I am just excited to be in God's presence one more time. And there's just no telling what will happen in this place tonight. If we come together and we believe God, I'm going to tell you, anything can happen when God is in the house. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, uh, verse 20. I love the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs is, uh, if, if you understand how it's written, because if you're just reading it as trying to get a story out of it, there's no story there. Uh, it's very sporadic. However, it's got a lot of wisdom, and uh, it is the book of wisdom. And so we're going to read from that tonight. I want to say thank you, Pastor Moore. I love you. I honor you, and I appreciate your friendship, and I am so thankful that God connected us together. Amen. Who knew what God was doing in the middle of a hog hunt? Hey, good things happen when you go hunting. Praise God. Well, I could preach about that for a little while. Hallelujah. No, I'm kidding. Proverbs chapter 18, and let's start with verse 20. The Bible says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. He continues this proverb in verse 21 and says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I want to preach to you tonight just simply this. Speak life. Speak life. Would you look at somebody and tell them you need to speak life? Amen. Well, they didn't really hear you. Tell them a little louder. You need to speak life. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Give you glory. Give you honor. Nobody like you, Jesus, in heaven or on earth, but God, you are so great, and you are greatly to be praised. And we ask you, God, right now to have your way, Jesus, to magnify, we magnify you and we exalt you. We ask you, Lord, tonight, let your presence come into this house. Fill somebody with the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidence speaking in other tongues. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time? Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We understand that this is a very, it's not just a natural concept. It is a spiritual concept that you get what you speak. We say it in, in, in preacher term, I guess if you could call it that, you get what you preach. And so if you want miracles, preach miracles. If you want revival, preach revival. If you want a strong church, preach that you have a strong church. 
and because you get you get what you preach and you get what you practice and so it's here the word of god that the the young man solomon begins to teach us and tell us that there is death and life and the power of our tongue that a man's belly shall be filled by the increase of his lips and as we began to Study this concept. This is not just a message. This is a concept. It's a spiritual and biblical concept that you have to get a hold of. There are many people that we could talk about from this aspect. However, uh, there is one that stands out in particularly in the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. We see him for the first time, and that is the prophet Elijah. Elijah is different than most of the Old Testament prophets simply because uh, in his first prophetic word from God or first prophecy that he speaks, the first words that he gives in 1 Kings chapter 17, the Bible says, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, he said unto Ahab, As the Lord my God liveth before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain according to these years, but according to my word. And so he gives a word to the king that there will be no rain according to my word. Everyone say my word. He doesn't say God said it. I, I, I know I'm going to preach some stuff here tonight that you got to keep in context and you got to keep in between the lines, but I want you to understand you don't read anywhere in the word of God where God told him to say that. It ain't there. It's the first time you read of Elijah and you don't see that God said, Elijah, get up and go to Ahab and tell him it's not going to rain. That's not what happens. Elijah takes it upon himself. He knows he's a man of God. He knows he's got the word of God in him. He knows he's anointed. And because he does, he shows up to Ahab's house and says, I'm going to tell you something. It ain't going to rain till I say so. Ooh. I'm going to tell you what. It'll do some of you to get some of that in your spirit. And let the devil know, you ain't going to do this because I said so. I'm, I'm not waiting on the preacher. I'm not waiting on God. I'm, I'm making up in my mind. You're not tearing my family apart because I said so. You're not messing in my finances because I said so. I, I understand you got to get a word from God every now and again, but sometimes uh, you got to get a word in your mouth and speak something out of your mouth uh, and let the devil know you're, you're not tearing up my family. You're not taking my children. You're not taking my health uh, because I said so. Who do you think you are? I know who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm an anointed prayer warrior. I'm, I'm somebody that worships when I go to the house of God. I'm not a nobody. I'm somebody in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I realize who I am, and I realize the power that I have on the inside of me. That's why the devil does everything he can to try to convince you that you're nobody. Because if you ever figure out what's on the inside of you, you're bad news to hell's territory. If you ever figure out the power that's on the inside of you, there ain't a devil in hell or out of hell that can stop you from having victory. I've come to tell somebody tonight, you need to make a declaration. And, uh, that I'm going to walk and talk in victory. Uh, I'm going to live in victory. Uh, I'm going to dance in victory. Uh, I'm going to shout in victory. When I get up in the morning, uh, I'm getting up in victory. Uh, when I go to bed at night, uh, I'm going to bed in victory. Uh, devil, you can't have my praise uh, because I'm victorious. Uh, you 
I am the victorious through Christ. Hallelujah. Understand what's happening here is there is a backstory. There's a backdrop to what's happening here. And you have to understand that Ahab quite possibly, not, not quite possibly, it, he is the worst king that Israel has ever had. Simply because he began a dynasty of people that would worship false gods. And it is Ahab that more than any other Ahab and Jezebel, his wife, that caused Israel to worship a god by the name of Baal. They are, they are the main driving force that bring Baal worship to the forefront of Israel. And, and so Ahab, this man that worships a false god, you have to understand who the god is that he worships. Baal is the god of fertility. And, and it is his job to make sure that the grass grows. And in Canaanite mythology, and I don't have time to get into all of that tonight, but in, in mythology, he's the god that causes the grass to grow. But the main thing that they would pray to Baal for was rain. And so Elijah shows up. And, and there's more to this than just saying, it ain't going to rain until I say so to show how good he is and how strong he is and how much power he has with God. But this is, this is a slap in the face to every idol worshiper that worships Baal. And Elijah shows up and says, you think your God is able to deliver you? Then you just go ahead and pray to him because my God is bigger than your God. He was making a simple declaration that, understand, Israel is backslid here. Israel has walked away from God just like some of your family has walked away from God. Like some of your children, maybe it's your mama or your daddy. I don't know who it is, but everybody knows a backslider. And, and, and that's where Israel is in this place. And when he gets here and he tells Ahab it's not going to rain but according to my word it is as if if you read it and you study it out for yourself you'll find it's as if Elijah is walking up to Ahab's house and saying by this sign I'm going to show you because Israel is backslidden. Israel is far away from God but he's making a declaration that this backslidden nation is coming back home. He's making a declaration that by this sign everybody's going to look and everybody's going to know and everybody's going to declare that there's only one God in Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He's saying, I know you might be away from God, but you're coming home. He's saying, there's a sign. I'm going to give you a sign. And when people see the sign, they're going to know that there's only one God and he's all powerful and he's all knowing and he can do all things. And I've come to preach tonight uh, that there's some of you uh, that need to get a, a, the boldness in your spirit uh, and begin to speak uh, that by this sign uh, my children are going to come home. Uh, I'm going to proclaim miracles uh, that are going to let everybody know uh, that there's only one God in Bendale uh, and his name is Jesus. Uh, and he He's able to heal cancer. He's able to heal diabetes by this sign, by the healing virtue of God that goes forth in this church. There's going to be victory. There's going to be signs. There's going to be wonders. Hallelujah, Israel. You might have messed up, but you're coming home by this sign. It was a direct, it was a direct uh, opposition to what they believed. And can I just tell you tonight that 
that when you begin to walk in this place where you speak life, that your words that you speak are void and null if you don't speak them in faith. You can't just speak it because it's what everybody else is doing and saying, yeah, that was cool. Maybe we'll do that again later. No, that's not how this thing works. Uh, you've, got, you've got to walk in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. You've got to walk in faith, understanding uh, that God is able to do anything. And if, it, if I can't believe God can do it, then God won't do it. Because I'm going to tell you, God's just like you are. God ain't going anywhere he ain't wanted. You ain't going to show up at somebody's house that ain't invited you over and, and, and go in and, and start making yourself coffee. That ain't what we do. We, we understand. If people don't like me, I ain't going to their house. That's fine. I don't like them either. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody help me, Jesus. God, I done got the medal and I'm going to get in trouble now. God, God's just like that. He ain't going to show up where he ain't wanted. And, and so he wants to understand. The Bible says when he comes back, there's one thing he's going to be looking for, and that's faith. He's looking for faith in the earth. And as, as we understand this and we walk in this and we believe this, that, that God is he's coming after faith. He's looking for faith. You have to understand that when you begin to speak, you have to speak with faith and understand that if I don't have faith, it ain't going to happen. So I, I've got to believe to survive. And I know I know we, we, we talk about it and we, we preach about it, but we preach about it wrong, Brother Moore. And we talk about it wrong and we say, well, if we just have a little bit of faith, I don't find any where in the word of God where it tells us to have little faith. I know what you're thinking. My preacher, you can go to Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20 and it says if you have faith as of the side, a grain of mustard seed, you can say unto this mountain be thou removed. That's what it says but it don't say nothing about the size of it. It ain't in your Bible. Go look it up. Matthew chapter 17 verse 20. He just said if you have faith as of the grain of mustard seed. Now, I, I'm just an old country boy and I learned this when I was a kid making a garden with my grandma and, and I, I learned that when you build gardens there's this thing called cross germination and when you when you plant plants beside each other, take for instance peppers and tomatoes. I, I, I know I've said some of this here before but it's still good preaching. I'm going to say it again. And, and when, when you say this or when you do this you can cross germinate the plants and when you do they, they, they begin to take on the character of each other and so if you plant a habanero next to a tomato and the next year you, you take the seeds from that tomato and you dry them out and you plant them back in the ground that tomato will have cross germinated with that habanero pepper and it will be a spicy tomato and you can do that with any kind of plant except mustard it's the only thing, Brother Ford, that no matter what you plant it beside, it always comes back the same. And so when I see this, I understand that when Jesus said, if you have faith as of the grain of mustard seed, he is not saying if you have faith as the size of mustard seed. He said you need to have faith with the character of mustard seed. You need to have faith that you can plant it beside impossible situations and the impossible situations don't change it. You need to have the kind of faith that you can walk into a place where it's dead, twice dead and plucked up by the roots, but your faith begins to reach out and when your faith reaches out hey don't you have small faith you don't have a small God don't don't you look well if I can just get a little bit of faith no you need a lot of faith you need big faith you need to understand you got a big God and he does big things and he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think oh 
like preaching right now. You need to get rid of that little faith mindset and start preaching stuff and start speaking stuff. That's big things. I believe God can give us big revival. I believe God can give us big harvest. I believe God can give us big miracles. I Hey, that mountain ain't moving with little faith, honey. Uh, that mountain ain't moving uh, with a, well, I don't know if God can. Uh, I, I, I don't know if God will. Uh, I've come to tell you tonight, uh, his name ain't Willie. His name is Jesus. Uh, yes, he will. Uh, yes, he will. Uh, yes. He will. He will make a way. He will open the door. He will unstop the deaf ears. He will open the blinded eyes. He will. He will. He will. I am, I, I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm mad at the devil tonight because I'm sick of people buying into the lie that I, I, I can't get anything done because I'm little old me. No, you can't get anything done because you ain't got big enough faith. Help me, God. I don't want to be mean, but let me just tell you, you, you need to get rid of that little faith mindset and understand that God is so big and so powerful and so able that there is nothing that he cannot do. There is no trial. There is no test. There is no tribulation that God can't handle. He's God, and he's God all by himself. He's God, and he's able to do all things. I'm not mixing my faith with doubt. I'm not mixing my faith with fear. I'm not mixing my faith with what my neighbor thinks. I've got mustard seed faith. I've got unmixable faith. I've got pure faith. And my faith believes God can do anything. Oh, Jesus. He said, if you have faith, you can say unto this mountain, be thou removed. I'm telling somebody tonight, you got some mountains in your way, and you just need to start speaking life. And every day, get up and speak to that mountain, and watch when that mountain begins. It, it, and sometimes it don't move all at one time. Sometimes, sometimes it's just one bucket load at a time. Sometimes it's just one shovel load at a time. Sometimes it's just one rock at a time. But let me just tell you the way that God works. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said it? Will he not also bring it to pass? He said it in the word of God that his ear is not heavy, that he cannot hear the cry of his people. But he didn't stop there. He said, neither is his arm waxed short. I've come to tell you, if you can believe it, God can do it. If you can speak it, God can do it. It might sound crazy. It might sound like you've lost your mind when you come to church and start thanking God for a 500 soul revival in Pendale, Mississippi but if you can speak it God can do it Oh, I, I, I'm pre are you awake out there? I've come to tell somebody tonight, uh, it's time. Uh, it, the time is now. Uh, this is the season uh, for you to open up your mouth uh, and you to start speaking things uh, that are not uh, as though they were. Uh, you need to start speaking things. Uh, speak life. Uh, speak life. Speak life. I want to take you very quickly through the life of Elijah as quickly as I possibly can. Elijah prophesies there's not going to be any dew nor rain these years, but according to my word, God tells him, we talked about it a little bit this morning, go to the brook that's called Cherith. And then the Bible says that the brook dries up. 
And after the brook dries up, then God speaks to him that it's time to move. So we get it mixed up. We think God speaks to us before the brook dries up. That's the way God's supposed to work. But sometimes God doesn't speak to us until after the brook dries up. Sometimes God doesn't tell us where to go until after the brook dries up. And when you understand the, the nature of God in this, you understand that sometimes God allows us to go through quote-unquote dry spells. And when we do that, you know what we do? We keep doing what we know to do. Because Elijah didn't move until God told him to move. And it's in this place that God speaks to Elijah and says, Go to Zarephath. And I have commanded the widow woman to sustain thee there. And as he goes to Zarephath, he finds this woman. And she's in the yard and she's picking up sticks and about to make a fire to build her and her, husband, her son a cake. And the Bible says that the man of God asks for a drink. And as she turns to go for a drink, he says, oh, and by the way, make me a cake too. Huh? Got this preacher. God's been feeding him with a raven bread and meat every day and we ain't ate in a week. This is our last little bit of meal. And you want me to make you a cake? Honey, you got to get the revelation. It ain't about the cake. It's about the obedience. Because there, there, there's something here that's interesting to me, Brother Moore. And I love this. I love to preach this. And I love to just see this. Because the Bible says that pre-obedience, when the man of God speaks to her, she says, I'm going to make a cake for me and my son. But post-obedience, after she made the man of God a cake first, the Bible says her and her whole household did eat. Did you get it? That's the reason to shout right there. She was obedient to the man of God, and when she was obedient to the man of God, God said, you were going to die with just you and your boy, but now because of your obedience, I'm connecting you to miracles for other people. Now the miracle's not just for you and your son. Now it's for everybody that comes by your house. The neighbors get to eat. The the handmaidens get to eat. The servants get to eat. Now, it's not just about you. Can I tell you, when you're obedient to the voice and the will of God, uh, God takes everything that you had and he multiplies it. Uh, and you were going to get a you and your son miracle. But now you and your whole household uh, are going to get a miracle because you were obedient to the voice of God. Uh, God gives it back, pressed down, uh, shaken together, and run it over. I'm going to tell you, it's an old saying, but it's the truth anyhow. You can't outgive God. You give him a little bit of meal and he'll give you enough back to last you to the end of a famine. You give him a little bit of obedience. Give him a little bit of praise and he'll turn what you had, what little bit you had and he'll turn it around and he'll give you more than you ever expected. He'll give you exceeding abundantly above what you ever expected. What you can ask or think you just be look I know it don't make sense she's about to die ain't that kind of selfish of God no because if it wasn't for God she wouldn't have had that meal she had anyway well I, I, I don't want to do this because it's my last let me tell you something it ain't yours anyway Well, I, I would give in the offering, but I only got $100, and, 
And that's got to last me the next week. I'm not telling you to be foolish and put your last $100 in the, in the offering pan, but I'm going to tell you something. I've been blessed a lot of times when I, all I had was $100 and God spoke to me and told me and said, put it in an offering plate. And I watched as God, I'm, I'm not preaching asking for your money. I don't need your money. I'm here to tell you tonight, I'm trying to help you be blessed. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I've watched as God. I was at a, a, a mission service here a while back ago and, and I had $1,000 and, and that's all I had, Brother Moore and God. God spoke to me and, and my wife, and, and I always check God sometimes by checking with my wife because I know if he spoke to both of us, he's really serious about this. And we were at a mission service, and, and I was sitting on the back pew, and my wife, we got there late, and my wife was sitting there with me, and they were taking up an offering for missionaries. I, and and I, I looked at my wife, and she kind of looked at me, and I looked away because I didn't want to hear what she had to say because I already knew what God had done told her because God done told me. And I didn't want, I was like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. I'm in the middle of a house remodel. I need all the money I can get. You send somebody, give me a thousand dollars. But I, it wouldn't leave me alone. And so I looked over and I seen him when she was crying. I knew we done had it. God done really started working on her. And, 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 and so I, I, I looked at her. I said, we're supposed to get that thousand dollars. She said, yeah, I know. And so I, I, I had her write a check and I walked to the front of the church and I put that thousand dollars in, in the offering pan. Can I tell you before I got out of the parking lot? Before I got out of the parking lot, somebody I didn't even know. They knew me, but I didn't know them. Walked up to me and handed me a check. When I got in my truck, I looked down and it was $5,000. You can't outgive God, baby. Just... Just keep putting your little bit of meal in uh, and watch God say, okay, uh, you gave me some meal. Now I'm going to give you your life. Uh, I'm going to give you your child. Uh, I'm oh, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give it back to you more than you expected. This is interesting because it's not just about the fact that God blessed them with more than they had. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 17, it's somewhere around verse 17 through 40. That, that this woman, her son dies. It's a sickness that falls upon him. And he dies. But what, what, what's interesting is God has already connected her to the man of God. And when God connects her to the man of God, he, he sets everything in order. He sets everything in place. And Elijah, the Bible says, takes the boy into the loft. And he starts praying. One time, nothing happens. Two times, nothing happens. But somewhere between the second and third prayer, he got connected to a higher power. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. That little bit of meal that she gave for that, that preacher turned around. And when it, got, when it all was said and done, she's looking at the shambles of dead situations. She's looking at the shambles of my boy that, that once was so full of life and now he's dead. But God's already connected me to a miracle. And the Bible says that that third time when, she, when, when he begins to pray, that the boy begins to sneeze and his flesh begins to wax warm. And that which was dead comes to life. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. That's why Solomon would teach us life and death are in the power of your tongue. Now, th th there's this deal here. Elijah tells us what he prays. He says, Lord, I pray that you would hear me. That's all he says. And then he goes in there and says, boy, get up. Now, 
I know that's the redneck version. You can go ring the King James tonight when you get home. Lord, get up! It, it, it's stupid talking to a dead man, is it? Because God said if you'll speak death, you'll get death. But if you speak life, you're going to get life. I remember I was eight years old. It was the first revival my dad preached as a full-time evangelist. And, and, and we, didn't have, we didn't have much, but we were having fun. And, and I remember God, God taking us to a little church in Tickfall, Louisiana. Some of y'all know where Tickfall is. And, and we, were, we were preaching for Brother James Howe, or Jim Howe, sorry, Brother Jim Howe. And he had, a, he had a little white church out in the country on Whiskey Lane. So you could come and get drunk in the Holy Ghost, praise God. But uh, I remember my dad preaching that night. He preached from Acts chapter 3. The, uh, the beautiful gate, the man laying at the gate, and he, he just simply preached, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. And I remember that night like it was yesterday as an eight-year-old boy. I watched as the pastor went to the pulpit, and he told the church, he said, I'm not feeling well, I need y'all to pray for me. And about that time he fell. And, and when they called him, uh, the, there was another preacher there. The preacher called him, and he put his hand to his neck, and he didn't have a pulse. He had a massive heart attack standing in the pulpit. And, and anybody that knows where Tickfall is knows it's way out in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of like Bendale. It, it, it's, it's, you, you, you're going to drive, you got to drive an hour just to find sunlight. I mean, it, and, and so they called the ambulance, and the ambulance said, or the, the 911, they said, we'll get an ambulance there as quickly as we can, but it's going to be about 30 to 40 minutes. Well, when you have a massive heart attack, you don't have 30 to 40 minutes. You need a miracle now. And, and we began to pray, and as we began to pray, about 20, 25 minutes has went by, and I looked uh, up, I was sitting on the back, and I was afraid, and I was crying. I love this man, still love him. He's still alive today. But, but oh, well, that kind of ruins the story, but just <laughs> run with me right here. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Hallelujah. My mama came to me. She said, when you were a baby, there was a man of God prophesied to me and told me that you would see the dead raised. And so I'm going to tell you right now, you, you don't, I know that you're kind of afraid. And my mama's giving me a pep talk all the way up to the front of the church. And, and, and Brother Moore, I, I, again, I'm eight years old. I ain't never seen anybody die like this. But I know what my mama said. And I, I was just being obedient to my mama. I walked up to the platform. And, and she took the oil out from under the pulpit and put it on my hand. And, and, and I'm not telling you this to pin any roses on me. I'm, I'm bragging, but I'm bragging on Jesus. And I, I, I remember praying. I, I remember praying, Brother Brown. I said, I, I don't know what to say. I'm eight years old. I, I barely got the Holy Ghost. I know, I, you know I'm, I've, I've been having the Holy Ghost a couple years now. But I just don't know what to pray over a dead man. And all of a sudden, I just felt what my daddy had preached that night come into my spirit. And all I knew to say was silver and gold, have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. I said that two or three times and watched as he opened his eyes. And he began to get, he said, I'm fine, I'm fine. Y'all get off of me. I'm okay, I'm all right now. And I'm here to tell you tonight that that God of the, of the Old Testament that could bring people to life is still doing it even in 2022. And let me me just tell you, it might not be a dead body. It might be a dead situation uh, that you've been praying about, but can I tell you uh, that if you'll open up your mouth and begin to speak, uh, God uh, is going to let the wind of heaven begin to blow, uh, and it's going to blow life uh, into your situation. Uh, I know it looks dead. Uh, I know it sounds dead. Uh, I know it feels dead, uh, but just because it looks and it sounds and it feels, uh, it doesn't mean that it is, uh, because with God God, uh, all things are possible. Uh, with God, uh, it doesn't matter how dead it is. Uh, it's not too dead uh, that God can't heal it. 
Let's, let, let, let's move quickly. I'm trying to hurry. First Kings chapter 18, we see that Elijah, he gets to this place to where now he's ready to bring this all to a head. He tells, he tells Ahab, he says, let's go, let's go to Mount Carmel and let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And, and, and you know the story. The Bible says that they go up on top of the mountain and, and he watches as the prophet of Baal cut themselves and they pray at the time of the morning sacrifice. And, and they're jumping on the altar trying to get Baal to send down fire. And, and uh, here's another one of them smart aleck people in the Bible. I love it. I love to find them. <laughs> I can correlate. Praise God. But I- Elijah kind of get a little smart aleck. He's sitting over there in the corner. He said, maybe God, your God's in Hawaii. Maybe, maybe he's laid back on the beach somewhere. That ain't what he said, but you know what I mean. He's like, maybe he's sleeping. I'm going to tell you what, I'm glad to know I got a God that he don't sleep and he don't slumber. He said, maybe he's gone. Maybe he ain't by the telephone. Maybe he ain't in the prayer answering business right now. I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad to know tonight that when I say Jesus, whoo, I'll tell you Do you realize what you have when you've got the Holy Ghost? You have a direct access to heaven. That at the very mention of his name, all you have to do is say, Jesus. And all of a sudden, every, every knee one day, the Bible says, is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I know you've got problems, but you need to put Jesus on your problems. And speak Jesus over your situation. And speak Jesus over everything that's coming against you. Understand, what, what's going on here is, is there are people that are coming against the fact that there's only one true living God. And when he begins to confess the name of the Lord, and he begins begins to watch as fire begins to fall from heaven. Can I tell you tonight uh, that the power that brought down the fire in Elijah's day, uh, it can still happen in this house tonight. Uh, Because that same God, that same power, that same anointing, uh, it's still the same today. It's very jumbled, but if you'll allow me, I'll try to pull it together for you here right now. It's what's happening here is Elijah is dealing with three different dimensional uh, spiritual strongholds. And in the first dimension, he's dealing with rain, which is an earthly thing. All right? Y'all with me? When he begins to prophesy from his voice, not, not, not with the word from God, with his words. According to my word, there's not going to be any rain. That's, that's an earthly dimension. Then the Bible says that, that he calls the widow woman's son back from the dead. Now, this is, this is where we get into some of that mythology stuff. And what they believed was that this God of death was the God by the name of Mott. Now, there ain't no truth to this, but you can go study it. You'll find it. It's in your history books when you start studying Canaanite mythology. It's here that we find that they believed that it was impossible. The Canaanites believed it was impossible for someone to be brought back from the death because of Mott, the God of death. And they said, once you died, it's over. You can't be brought back. But they didn't know Elijah was connected to a higher power. And so it's, it's in this context that you have to understand he's, dealt with, he's dealt with earthly things. Now he's dealt with under-earthly things. We could say even as far as he is, he, he is dealing with spirits of, of, of hell. 
And then the Bible says that, that he calls fire down of heaven. He's dealing with heavenly things now. So he's working in, in earthly dimensions, and then he works with inner earthly dimensions, and then he works with heavenly dimensions. And as he's going through this, this is all a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ because what does Jesus do when he walks on the earth? The Bible lets us know that he opens blinded eyes. He unstops deaf ears. He, he, he cleanses the leper. He works in his earthly ministry. But the Bible says in Ephesians, now that he ascended he first descended into the lower parts of the earth letting us know like Elijah he's dealing with inner, inner earthly dimensions that's what God is doing here Jesus has worked in the earth now he's working within the earth and then the Bible says that he ascended and he's setting on high at the right hand of God it's heavenly dimensions now not only is it heavenly dimensions but it's heavenly dominion and now that dominion is ruling and reigning in the earth and he, Jesus teaches us just like Elijah teaches us that you can speak things and when you speak them they will come to pass speak them with faith and they will come to pass one of the last things that Jesus speaks before he goes on to glory or before he descends rather into the lower parts of the earth as he's hanging on the cross the Bible tells us according to the book of John the last words that he said would be the words it is finished and it's here that Jesus is letting us know it's not final it's not over but if you look at the Greek it's the word telos and it means uh, simply that I win and what's happening here is God is telling Satan and every lying devil in hell this is not the end this is just the beginning of victory and so what God is doing there what Elijah is doing in his final in his final miracles and what Jesus is doing in his final miracle is showing us that there are miracle signs and wonders that will live in your mouth and the only way to get them out is if you speak them out because I'm going to tell you something God knows the thoughts and intents of your heart but God has not and never will enact stuff that he hears from your heart that stuff has got to come out of your mouth even Hannah the Bible says that she prayed with a burden but and we understand God heard the cry of her heart but she prayed until the words were coming out of her mouth to where they could not even be understood I'm here to tell you tonight that it's time that this church starts walking in the power that God will has called it to walk in like never before I'm going to tell you something when your pastor preaches and he tells you we can have revival there ought to be something in you that starts bawling up that starts calling out names that starts speaking to pews and commanding them to be full that yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, that revival's in your mouth. That breakthrough's in your mouth. That, that miracle is in your mouth. And you got to open up your mouth. And you got to speak it out. Jesus is showing us you'll have victory even in, when it looks like defeat. If you'll just learn how to open up your mouth and say something. You'll, you'll, you'll have victory at the end. If you'll just learn how to open up your mouth and say something. Don't just sit around and expect it to happen. Oh, there's another rabbit. Try to not chase. No, I'm gonna chase him. I'm gonna get this one. Well, preacher, I I I know that you like to be loud and vibrant and all of that stuff, but I'm just not like that, brother Moore. I I I know you like to get excited, but that's not who I am. Really. You really mean that? 
Then, then the next time somebody keys your car while you're at Walmart, don't get excited. The, the, the next time you're, you're sitting around and, and, a, and a miracle happens, don't, don't get excited. And the, the, the next time something good happens, you get a bonus on your check, don't, don't get excited. You need to sit there and act like a bump on a pickle. And, and, well, you know, I, thank you, Lord, but I'm not excited. You get excited about what you want to get excited about. You need to learn how to open up your mouth and get excited about the things of God and start speaking life into the house of God and into your life and into your family. I, I, want, I know it sounds crazy, but I wonder what would happen if every morning you got up and started, I speak life in my family. I speak life in my finance. I speak life in our church. I speak life in my children. I speak everywhere that I go. I'm speaking. I, I'm not telling you today that I'm not preaching some name and claim it, blab it and grab gospel. I'm telling you that the charismatics got that from us uh, because he said if you ask anything in my name, uh, I will do it. Uh, he didn't oh Lord help me Jesus. Uh, he didn't say just go out there uh, and expect a miracle. He said you open up your mouth uh, and you start speaking it uh, and you start believing it uh, and watch God work the miracle. I wonder how musicians come. I'm closing. I wonder how often we live beneath our godly, our godly blessings just because we don't open up our mouth and start speaking things. I wonder how many miracles we've missed that were right on the tip of our tongue. And all God's saying, if you'll just speak it, I'll do it. I want to do it. But I'm not going to force it. Let me tell you, God's not going to force a miracle on you if you don't want it. you got to open up your mouth and speak it. I can remember a couple of years ago, it has been quite a few years ago now, probably 10 years ago. I was teaching in Louisiana at our, at our local church there. I was honored to serve in for a number of years. And, and when I was, I was teaching one day, Holy Ghost just moved in the room. And, and, and I was teaching along these lines out of the book of Proverbs. I love Proverbs. I love to teach out of Proverbs. I taught out of Proverbs on Sunday mornings for almost a year one time. Uh, you just one one verse to the next. It's just got so much good stuff in it. But I, I was teaching from this text, and 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 brother Moore. I know it's crazy, but just the Holy Ghost came in there, and I, I told the church and said, "I'm going to tell you what. We're going to see revival, and we're going to preach this gospel, and we're going to see it. We're going to see it happen in every denomination in this city, and we're going to see revival start taking place." And they looked at me kind of crazy, like some of y'all are kind of looking at me. But, but but would you believe that by the time God got done doing it? By the time God got through, that on a Sunday morning for New Year's Day, I was preaching revival at Pleasant Green Baptist Church right down the road from where I pastored. I, that, that's the short of the story. I'm not going to give you the long version tonight because I've already preached too long. But, but by the time God got done with it, and, and I wonder, Brother Moore, if that would have ever happened if I wouldn't open. Now, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on Jesus. Sometimes you get in that place and you just start saying stuff that sounds ignorant. But it might not be so ignorant that God can't do it. I mean, it, it, it might happen. I told, I'm going to tell you, the long, again, this is the, the short version, the very condensed version. By the time God got done in one service, I watched in that Baptist church on a Sunday morning as 13 people got up and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the pastor started baptizing people in the name of Jesus Christ and took down off the walls the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit in, in the bylaw. I'm telling you, God might do that for your family. God might do that in your community if you'll open up your mouth and speak it. I wonder if there's 
there's anybody here tonight that got some stuff you want to see God happen, do, and you want to see come to pass, if you just step out in the aisle and I'm on your way to the altar, you start speaking it. I'm going to see my kids saved. I'm going to see my finances turn around. I'm going to see this community turned upside down with the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, would you speak it out? Would you speak it out? I'm going to see cancer healed. I'm going to see diabetes healed. I'm going to get a good report from the doctor. Come on, the devil is a liar. I'm not going to die, but I'm going to live, and I'm going to see it come to pass. Come on, as they begin to sing, I wonder if you just open up your mouth and proclaim it. Come on, speak Jesus over whatever it is that you're going through. Come on, it'll break, it'll change, it'll turn around, it'll work out for you good. Just open up your mouth and speak it out.
say it, say it. What have you desired? Speak the word. In the name of Jesus. 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 I just want to speak the name of Jesus.
Jesus, Jesus, shout Jesus from the mountain. Jesus in the serene. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus over Jesus, Jesus on my
home Shine through the shadows Your light abides Speak the word Speak the word only Pastor Moore's coming Speak the word only I'm going to pray right now in Jesus' name we're going to speak the name of Jesus right now. Shout Jesus from the mountain. Shout Jesus in the street. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, you're touching this family right now. Shine through the shadows 
Give him some praise tonight. Come on, thank him for what he's done. Speak the word. You're glad to know where healing and life is found in this name. The power of the tongue. The power of the tongue. Don't ever underestimate the power of the tongue <laughs> that's the reason I put a bridle on negative stuff I just wouldn't speak it sometimes in fiery darts from the enemy that's all he wants he, it's really not effective until you speak it but if you just won't speak it Sometimes you need to look in that mirror and say, you know what, devil, I'm not saying that. I don't believe it, and I'm not saying it. We're not done. It's not over with. Fat lady hadn't sung yet. Hallelujah. It's not over with. Revival's not over with. God's not done. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's not done, devil. We got to have revival. We're in revival. We got to have victory. We got to have healings. The church is going to be what God wants it to be. It's going to be a next church. It's got to be a one God believer church. It's got to be a holy church. It's got to be a worshiping church. I'm not going to listen to the belly gubbing and all that other junk either. I'm not letting none of them spirits get all of my mind or our spirit. Grumble and gripe if you want to. But I'm not going to grumble and gripe. I've come out of the water. i come out of the water victorious. We serve a mighty God. Brother Brad brought it back to my attention, and I won't mention no names for sure. I'd mention to them Tuesday night at Brother Ford's and them, Sister Ford's birthday. There's a situation going on right now. And she, the individual made a statement to this lady right here about something. And I told them. Now they're having to battle it. Oh, preacher, you can all preach if you want to. That's right. I wouldn't speak to my kids in certain ways. Regardless how rough it got, how bad the battle got, there's one term we just never used called divorce. It was never an option. We might have both been black and blue. <laughs> she slept looking that way and I slept looking this way. But divorce still wasn't an option. Checking out is not an option. Backsliding is not an option. It's not going to be a part of my vocabulary. That's just the way we got to be about this. You can be seated. God bless you. What an awesome job, Brother Phillips, son. Preach it. Us in this house tonight. Praise God. It's good to see each one of you back in, in the house of God. He's going to be with us Wednesday night. Brother Phillips will be back with us Wednesday night. Come expecting, looking for a great move of God. And amen. Pray for our evangelist. God will bless him this week. Get that house done. <laughs> 
finish up. God sent him some help. and Man, God just make things happen. I believe that. God make things happen. Can I give you just a little example? This is just a little example. I went out of my house the other day. And I noticed, man, there's water dripping off the beams. Not much. Just, I mean, just, I think, where is this water coming from? I finally get over to the pipe. It's got to be coming from this pipe. But I can't find it. Can't find it nowhere. So I'd done some other work. And so Monday, I prayed. I was at work. And I said, I'm going to go home and see. And I said, God, I'm praying. You help me find that leak, God. You help me find that leak. And so before I went under the house... I went back into that closet. I turned that light on. I'm just standing there. And all of a sudden, I see it on the back side of that pipe. Coming out of the top part of that shutoff valve. One little drip coming on the back side of that pipe. I just seen the shadow off the back of that wall. I said, look at him. I said, God, you happy me. You're so awesome. So I just stood there. And in a minute, here it come again. I said... I didn't have to crawl under the house if, I, if I'd have just done. But you know what? Some people don't ask for God. I asked God for things. I mean, because I'd done search and looked and I couldn't find it. And I said, God, I don't have all evening to look for. But God, I believe you can help me. And I'm telling you, within just a few seconds of walking in that closet, there it was. There it was. It was there. Hallelujah. If God can do that, he can do anything. He can do anything. If you ask him, believe in it, he can do it. There's nothing he won't help you do. I'm going to ask God to bless our evangelists. Help our evangelists with his house and get it done. Because there's just something about God, man. He can make them boys go together. You can try all you want to, and all of a sudden, God, oh, I need some help. Bloom, bloom, bloom. You go like, I should have done that two hours ago. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. I don't mean anyway here. Birthdays. Got any birthdays? Birthdays. Randy, that's right. Today's hers. That's right. Amen. Sister Melissa. Sister Garrett. Okay. I'm saying Sharon. I said, I know Jaron. I said, I thought they were saying sister. I'm sorry. That's what I'm saying, Jaron. <laughs> It'll be all right. Hey, everybody knows who had a birthday this week? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> all right. Let's sing. Let's give them a good hand tonight. Anniversaries. Got any anniversaries? All right, Brother Tony, Sister Shelley. All right. Let's sing to them tonight. Praise God.
give them a good hand also. Praise God. Love you tonight. Appreciate you so much. God's will. We'll see you Wednesday night. God bless you.